Our theme today is how people come to faith. And it's part of a series that we're doing following God's message to us of of helping people come to faith and then flourishing in that faith. And I'm going to, in a moment, ask Andy to uh, read to us a parable. A parable, one of the stories that Jesus told, a sort of story with a, a, an earthly story, but with a heavenly meaning. And it's a parable of the sower, which is it's well known to some people. And so I've asked him to read it from a more unfamiliar version, the, uh, the message version, so that it may bring a freshness as we hear the parable of the sower. Thank you, Andy. The reading comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. At about that same time, Jesus left the house and sat on the beach. In no time at all, a crowd gathered along the shoreline, forcing him to get into a boat. Using the boat as a pulpit, he addressed his congregation, telling stories. What do you make of this? A farmer planted seed. As he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road and birds ate it. Some fell on the gravel. It sprouted quickly, but didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it was strangled by the weeds. Some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Are you listening to this? Really listening? The disciples came up and asked, Why do you tell stories? He replied, You've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell stories, to create readiness, to nudge the people towards receptive insight. In their present state, they can share till doomsday and not see it. Listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again. Your ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see a thing. The people are blockheads. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look. So they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them. But you have God-blessed eyes, eyes that see, and God-blessed ears, ears that hear. A lot of people, prophets and humble believers among them, would have given anything to see what you are seeing, to hear what you are hearing, but never had the chance. second part first that Jesus answered the question why do you talk in parables why do you tell stories and he said well because his experience was that some people wouldn't listen to him normally the religious people the those in authority 
but he found that parables were a better way of getting to, uh, to everyone. Everybody loves and remembers stories, and so he found this a good way of getting a message across. Another reason is that parables are like a mirror, that as we hear a parable, we tend to put ourselves into the story. How does that speak to us? And I encourage this, and we'll be trying to do that. Parables like a mirror. And then, thirdly, I think it helps people to respond. See, Jesus gives a warning of the idea of atrophy. That's where if you don't use something, it, it just loses its usefulness. Like muscles. You know, if we don't exercise a muscle, it sort of wastes away. And if we don't exercise our spiritual awareness, if we just shut our eyes from anything spiritual, then we won't see, we won't hear. As it says here, your ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see a thing. <laughs> In the message version, it says, the people are blockheads, which is an interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of the word blockhead, but anyway, you get the idea. No, it's not. Um, and, so, but, and we can be hardened to God's message. And a parable can just open that up so that as Andy's just read, but you have God-blessed eyes, eyes that can see, and God-blessed ears, ears that can hear. So I pray for that today. So the earthly story. It's one where there's this farmer who sows the seeds, and then there was various different things that happened to those seeds. Um, different soils, if you like. There was the hard sort of soil, the path, and the seed just didn't penetrate, and the bird came to eat it up. There was the gravel, or the very thin soil, that it sprouted, but then withered. And then there was the one where it grew well, but there was the weeds, and the weeds tended to take over. And finally, the good earth, the good harvest, and how the seeds flourished and, and grew. What does that mean? He wasn't trying to teach us how to, to grow things. Well, thankfully, in this parable, and it's not true of all the parables, Jesus himself gave the answer. And so I'd like to invite Derek to, uh, to come out and... Now Derek relies on listening because uh, you may know Derek is blind and so he's reading from Braille. How wonderful that is. And at the end of uh, Andy's uh, reading or as part of it, it says, are you listening to this? Really listening. Derek's very good at listening. But I hope that we are as we hear the meaning of this parable. Matthew chapter 13 verses 18 to 23 Study this story of the farmer planting seed When anyone hears news of the kingdom And doesn't take it in It just remains on the surface And so the evil one comes And plucks it right of the out of that person's heart this is the seed the farmer scatters on the road the seed cast 
in the gravel. This is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there is no soil of character. And so when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. The seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom uh, news, but weeds, uh, but weeds of worry about getting more and wanting everything under the sun's strangle what was heard, and nothing comes of it. The seed cast on good earth is a person who takes in the news and then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Thank you, Gary. So the different soils are the different reactions to the farmer who was uh, like God and the seed uh, is the seed of the message of the gospel, God's word to them. And I thought at one time that it was referred to different types of people. Some people respond badly to God's word and it just bounces off them. Some people re respond well. But I've now realised that's not true. There's no such thing, I don't think, as, as some people are like this. But I think this speaks to each of us. That there's times in our lives when we are hardened to God's message and times in our lives when we might be more open to his message. Maybe, if we're honest, during the day there can be times when we're hardened to his message and then times when we're more receptive. So let's have a look as, as we go through this. So the first one, some people, some situations mean that at times we're hard to his message. It's, it's like the seed just fell among the path. And it, as it says, the, the birds, the evil one came and took it away. The devil's happy with this because we don't even hear his message. Oh, this Christian lark, it's just a load of rubbish. I just don't want to listen. Well, perhaps recognize this and realize this that we needn't be like this and ask for an openness. The second lot of seed went into the gravel, the thin soil, and, and it was all enthusiastic for a start, but then withered and, uh, and died. Many of us can identify that with hobbies, perhaps. Which of you here has taken up a hobby? Oh, I'll take up archery or whatever it is. Yes. <laughs> and you, you start off all enthusiastically and then after a couple of weeks it uh, just, just goes. And some people can be like that in faith. Just pray for fresh enthusiasm. And then the seeds cast amongst the weeds. This is an interesting one. Somebody who hears God's word and they respond and they grow up, but so do the, uh, don't, so do the weeds. And those weeds can be all sorts of things, perhaps just distractions. 
maybe bad experiences of, of Christians or the church or, or maybe the media which often portrays things in a negative way or maybe difficulties how can you believe in God if there's this happening those weeds are quite powerful and as if you're anybody who's a gardener or probably if you aren't a gardener but have a garden you know that the weeds always seem to grow stronger don't they than the plants that you want and we can be dominated by those weeds so we need to recognize this and not to follow the weeds but to follow the growth that God gives us. <coughs> Excuse me. And then finally, the seed that fell on good earth, the person who takes in the good news and responds to it and grows in faith. And we're trying to encourage that. And I've just got a few slides just to, to help us in this. Yes, please, Colin. The first one is of Poppy. It's, uh, if you know anything about um, those seeds, are very good for you. Got lots of health benefits. And uh, Poppy's been very good for us today. As I walked around with her, the number of smiles that were generated by Poppy was, uh, was wonderful. And the tiny the poppy seeds are, as you can see there, as, uh, as Poppy is small. But we pray that she will grow and... Um, blossom into a lovely poppy flower and uh, and that in this uh, church we we uh, encourage people to flourish or we try um, uh, and we pray and have prayed that poppy will flourish and grow maybe if we could have the lights off just so we can see the um, uh, pictures better now at church, we had a vision day when we tried to work out what does God want us to do. And uh, I'm sharing something of that, which was on a, a sort of agricultural theme uh, about plants. And so, and it's the stages that people sometimes go to as they come to faith and grow in faith. So perhaps if we could have the next day. There's tilling, you know, where you, you need to prepare the ground, first of all. And as I mentioned in the Bible reading, some people are just hardened to the gospel or going through that stage in their life where they're hardened to the gospel. And this is what's needed, a preparation before the seeds come. And as I go through perhaps these slides and the different processes that we think about as a church, how we help to prepare people to hear God's word as a church, as a body, but also as individuals as we well, represent God in the workplace and in the home and in the community. But also maybe that as I speak, it's like God holding up a mirror to your life. What's God saying to you as we go through these stages? Tilling, preparing to receive God's word. Sometimes tilling is needed because the ground is flat and hard. Sometimes it's when we get trampled upon. There's a lady called Sylvia, who many of you know, an elderly lady who's in hospital at the moment. I went to see her 
on uh, Thursday and she told me something of her life story and I said, do you mind if I say it? And she said, I wish you would because I, I'm not able to, but I wish people could hear it. So I'll tell you a little bit. Sylvia was, was trampled upon. She, was, uh, she went to church as a child and loved it. Then when she was about 14, she turned up to church one day and the lady on the door said, where's your hat? And she says, I've not got a hat. She said, go home and get a hat. You can't come in here without a hat. And so she never went again. And she felt trampled upon. She was hardened then to God's message to her. What a terrible thing that is, isn't it? Maybe you know, some of us have had experiences like that. Your mum has, there's Derek saying there. And there needs to be that sense of healing, that sense of forgiveness, seeking forgiveness. Let's move on to the next one. Sowing. So when the, the, uh, the ground is tilled, you can sow the seed. And many of our children's activities... Uh, and not too heavy but uh, seeking to sow seeds of, of faith as indeed Sylvia experienced she loved Sunday school, junior church and also adults that as a church we need to sow seeds of faith perhaps nothing too heavy at the beginning but and we're in a season of invitation where we're encouraging people to be invited to come to church and people can grow I'll um, go tell more of Sylvia's story. When she was in her 50s, so this is a long time afterwards, God put seeds of faith in her life. She couldn't read, she was illiterate. And she prayed, Lord, I'd love to be able to read. And if you give me the gift of reading, I won't read anything that's rubbish she said and then she picked up just it was something and started to read it her mum who must have been in her 70s at that time couldn't believe it what are you, what are you doing I'm reading you can't read though That's what I'm reading now and then she picked up the Bible and she was determined to read the Bible God put those seeds of faith within her sadly her husband had developed a drink problem. He was alcoholic or bordering on that. And so she thought, I'll try out this faith. And so she prayed. He, whiskey was what he liked to drink. And it was destroying his life, destroying their lives. And she prayed, Lord, make this whiskey vinegar. It was a bold prayer. When he got in, he took his usual first drink of whiskey, tasted it. Oh, this is disgusting. This tastes like vinegar. What have you done to it? Now, you may or may not believe this, but if Sylvia was here, she'd tell you, and I've got no reason to doubt it. This was a miracle. And he stopped drinking whiskey. He tried beer, and that was just the same reaction. And so he stopped drinking Sadly, he still died a little later on from his, 
his problems because of drink, but he lived a bit longer. And her faith was, well, renewed. And the next slide, please. And she came to faith. She became a Christian, as did her mum when she saw all of this. And Sylvia's still a Christian now. And this was the sort of progression, a very dramatic progression in Sylvia's life. For many of us, it's not that. But for many of us, there's a, a time that we become closer to him, closer to God. And we're running an Alpha course. There's details about it for anyone to come who's just got questions, want to know more, or perhaps wants to reconnect with God. I also have got some books here. We've got a, the library out there. But also, these just jumped out at me. Daniel Strickland, The Beautiful Mess, How God Recreates Our Lives. If you've had experiences perhaps like Sylvia about um, uh, bad things, then that might be good. And then the reason for God, belief in an age of skepticism. And then one I'll be referring to, all about the Rugby World Cup. I've got four copies of that, which you're welcome to have form an orderly queue. But it's, um, it's called Conversion. What a great name for a... Uh, a booklet about uh, the Rugby World Cup and the Christian rugby players. Conversion. Perhaps you might like one, Carol, because I know you like your rugby. Yes. But that's not a good picture of harvesting, I don't think, about people actually coming to faith, because once you've pulled up the carrot in this case and eaten it, it's gone. So I think this, the next picture, is a better picture, like an apple tree, where we harvest that, but the tree lives on. When we come to faith, that uh, it's not the end. You see, what I've been saying so far is that there's a need for tilling, a need just for preparing. If we don't listen and, and take, ready to take in, then God can't speak to us. There's a time of tilling. There's a time of sowing when perhaps we sow in other people's lives or we're sown into some message of God. Maybe today's part of that. And then there's a harvesting when we actually come to faith and we say, yes, I believe in you, Lord. I want to follow you. But then there's more. Let's have the next slide. This flourishing. What a wonderful word that is and what a wonderful picture, isn't it? And, and just the whole idea of flourishing. Our desire, God's desire, is that people know life and life in all of its fullness. And the church aims to help people to flourish. Sadly, it's not always a progression we hope that it's a progression from sort of um, a tilling to sowing to harvesting. Sometimes there's bad experiences like we've been hurt and you go back. But I pray that then there's a, something that just draws us on. It's like that old children's game, you know, getting warmer, getting warmer, uh, getting colder, colder. And uh, 
we in the, the church have a, a role to play in just encouraging people one little step closer to that warmth of God's presence. And then to move on to flourishing, to, uh, to have this life and life in all its fullness. What a great picture that is. And we pray and hope that we can be part of that. And then the last slide in this section, the nurturing. Can you see the broken branch there? That there's a need for nurturing, for pastoral care, for, for helping. Lives are broken. We sang in Men of Faith, rise up broken wings. Church with broken wings. Need to care. But also nurturing in just helping people to grow and to experience more and more of God. And at any of these stages, all of us can be involved. There's somebody I was speaking to who's just started coming to church, just starting to, to, to know something of God. And she says, I'll tell everybody at work. And that's wonderful. And I said, what, what reaction do they have? Oh, they're fine, she says. I, I don't care. It's good that all of us can be involved in this to help people to flourish. And I'd just like to end with, next slide please, the Rugby World Cup, starting this week, I think, isn't it? Friday. And in this booklet, there's some examples of these strong men who have a faith. And I think it's, it's impressive. So I'll just give you a flavor of that. Yes, please. Jason Robinson, who was part of the 2003 England's triumph. But he said, I got myself into a deep hole. It was only the grace of God that I turned things around. And he explained that at one stage in his life, he was charged with assault. assault. He fathered a son with a woman he was not living with. At the same time, his future wife, Amanda, was pregnant with his son, Cameron. He was in a mess. But God got a hold of him. He wasn't hardened to that message, and he's responded and come to faith. Next one. Deacon Manu. He looks a tough guy, doesn't he? I love this. Some of these rugby players, fantastic. He read the Bible and he realized his life wasn't living up to that. And he prayed, Lord, show me the right way. And his neighbors, who were an elderly couple, just gently showed him the way of Christ. And he came to faith. I can just imagine that scene as this um, uh, elderly couple talking to, uh, to this, looking, this man looking a tough guy. Next one. Andrew Trimble, who said this from Ireland. I'm going to talk about Jesus because it's the most important thing you can know. Jesus died for me, and knowing that is very special. And then the last ones from South Africa, Morn Stein and Ruan Pienaar, who were friends at school and then have grown up and into um, uh, men. And both are part of a a Bible study both pray before games 
Faith is important to them as, as part of their flourishing life. So I pray that some of these examples may encourage you. That as uh, I said about the, the uh, agricultural imagery of tilling, of sowing, of harvesting, flourishing and nurturing, may just speak to you. I pray that as I've been exploring this parable, that it's like a, a mirror into your lives. As I invite the, the band up, and I hope that uh, what, uh, how I've, I've led will help as a church, as we, as we seek to help people to flourish and confess when we fail to do that. And may we be part of a community that sees people grow and flourish in all sorts of ways.